Welcome to another spectacular word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Tonight we're going to talk about, uh, the title of my message is The Gospel of Peace. I could have entitled it, prepare for war and I say how in the world are those two things you know where do they meet well tonight we're going to be going to Ephesians the sixth chapter we're going to pick up on a theme that we've been talking about for uh, just a few weeks now in Ephesians the sixth chapter we're going to talk a little bit about putting on the armor of God and we're going to end up discovering what peace and war have to do with one another and why God has encouraged us not just to be predictable, not just to be consistent, but to also be prepared. And so in Ephesians chapter 6, I'm reading from the New King James Version. We'll pick up in verse 13. Therefore... The Apostle Paul wrote, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, verse 15, and having shod your feet with the preparation of of the gospel of peace the gospel of peace if we were to continue to read through that thought and through that passage we would find out that that we are encouraged by God to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace while we are also arming ourselves with the word of God and prayer now if we were to put the word of God and prayer in a current day situation, in a modern situation, if we were to take it off of the pages and put it into a, a, a practical application, we would say that God wants us to be uh, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and he wants us to have the word, which was likened to a sword, and be armed with prayer, which is communication. So if we were to put this in the context of a soldier of the cross or even a policeman today on our streets, God would want us to be prepared for peace, to be prepared to bring peace to any situation. And by the way, you might need a weapon and a radio. Hello? You may need a weapon, you know, uh, when I would uh, go on patrol and, you know, I would, I would, you know, find someone speeding or find someone that I would, you know, uh, had, had robbed something or someone that had a warrant out for their arrest and, and I would, you know, uh, uh, get out of my car and start to walk. I always made sure I had a weapon and a radio. <laughs> Why? Because, you know, you can't ever tell what it's going to take for me to make sure that this is as peaceful as possible. As well, I may need backup. <laughs> you know, I just might need backup. Soldiers are, you know, uh, our, our soldiers, our, our brave American soldier, sailor, airman, marine, our Coast Guard, our, our, uh, our, our uh, you know, homeland security. 
no, our, our uh, first responders, uh, they need the ability to make sure that they can enforce peace. In fact, we call our policemen peace officers. Then why do they have a gun? No, well, that's because sometimes it takes a gun to make sure that everybody has peace. And also, I hope they have a radio. You know, my time in the military, there were a couple things I had close at hand. You know, uh, they won't send you out without a weapon and some way to communicate because you may need backup. At one time, I was a bodyguard for about 13 months for U.S. and foreign dignitaries traveling through Europe. I was the primary personal security guard and also driver, in fact, the only personal security guard and driver when I was with him for the vice commander of NATO and, so, uh, and, and many other high-ranking uh, uh, dignitaries. And one of the things that I had, of course, I, I, I had plenty of weapons, but I also had the ability, I had more than one radio, I had, uh, I, I had often two radios, and I also had a phone that hung up in the car that I drove back before there were phones. This was back in the day of archaic, uh, you know, uh, 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 provisions. But I could uh, always call in support. Uh, you know, we had people just waiting around, you know. And uh, every morning before I would uh, you know, uh, get in the car, every morning I would have to make sure I went to the place where I kept this armored car and I would have to go over it and make sure there were no, you know, uh, no bombs. This was in the day of the, you know, Bader-Meinhof gang and the Red Army faction and, you know, the, uh, you know, all the IRA and all that other stuff that was going on in Europe. And, and you know, I would have to talk. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but let me, let me tell you, it'll, 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 it'll go somewhere. I, have, I hadn't planned to say anything about it, but uh, I, I, I would make sure that there, there were not, you know, nothing there. And then I would uh, go and, and to his house and drive to his house, and I would uh, pick him up. And, you know, uh, uh, you know I, I, I was on a mission, you know. I, uh, I, I you know, uh, was highly trained by the military for a long, long, long time before I uh, got to do this and uh, before I was assigned to do this. And, and then uh, I, I would... Uh, you know, uh, I could not stop at stop signs or red lights or behind any cars. I mean, I had to run every red light. I had to run every, you know, because those were in the days of, you know, you can read, you know, from Hans Martin Slyer to Alder Morrow. Those were, those were the days when those individuals were hemmed in and, and them and all their, you know, uh, security killed. And uh, in the same region I was in, I would attend briefings in the morning to find out, you know, who was the target for that day and what was going on and who were, you know, and then I would go out and perform my duties and, and keep them safe. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, nothing happened on my watch. But three months after I left, the car that I drove was blown up and my offices were blown up uh, that I was in. And, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's serious business, you know. Uh, and uh, it is a serious thing whenever you're so prepared to make sure everything is peaceful, but you need to be prepared. But, uh, you know, thankfully, uh, uh, you know, we have been armed by God. We're on an important mission. We're on a mission not just of life and death. We're on a mission of eternal life, you know. And we can be as highly trained as we want to be. We can volunteer for more classes. 
you know we can uh, we have been given by God a you know a, a weapon called the sword of the spirit which is the word of God we have been given you know communication abilities that at any moment any time we can call in air support you know that's a pretty good deal you know I can call in support I can call in heavenly angels you know what a deal I just kind of like that feeling you know uh, because we're on this mission and so it's very important to realize that God intends for us to be prepared and one of the things that he wanted us to prepare for was was having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace now uh, this is um, um, when you when you read Ephesians 6 you are reading plainly clearly about what a soldier needs to put on in order to go into war be prepared for war you're clearly reading that there are a few things you need a helmet you need you know you need a truth around you you need a, a salvation a hope around you you need you know that there are a few things and one of the things that you need is you need these sandals as it were and the greaves that's what it's talking about, your feet shod. There were two pieces to this Roman soldier's footwear. Okay? One was a piece of leather that wrapped around. It was very common for soldiers of that day. Not just that day, soldiers of almost any day up until just a few years ago uh, and, and, until we modified it and got some little better footwear. But uh, you, know, you can read about it in 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. You know what Goliath was wearing. Goliath was wearing you know, uh, shoes and he had greaves on of brass and, 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 and the greaves, basically your, your, your sandals, your leather, your foot wrap uh, had spikes driven through the bottom of it or nails as it were, you know, and they didn't poke through the top on your feet or anything, you know, they were covered again and, and, and that's so you could get traction, that's so you could make sure that on slippery ground or rocky ground or, or on, you know, uh, going up and down, uh, you know, uh, different elevations that you actually had some gripping ability because you didn't want to be pushed back or you didn't want to have to advance and not have some traction and so this, this shoe leather that wrapped around the foot this shod uh, concept was was again a, a, a soldier's footwear in which then there would be tied on to their feet this leather with 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 uh, you know uh, um, many times uh, uh, a, a very strong leather or something binding which would then be connected with brass and the brass would go you know uh, like weave around and around you you've got to seen that and that was to protect the shins and protect the lower legs uh, because armor, the armor generally goes about here, and then your greaves would then, you know, what, what kept your shoes up and tight and kept your legs protected. This is clearly a soldier's uniform, okay? It is clearly someone who is prepared for war. And also, you know, they have been given a, you know, um, um, a radio, you know, prayer. That's basically what prayer is in this instance, an ability to communicate with headquarters, an ability to, to ask for help and for backup and provision and, you know, orders and direction and what do I go, where do I go, what do I do, you know? I've encountered this, what do you want me to do here? Do you want me to advance? Do you want me to hold? What do you want me to do? And, and, and also the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. Uh, uh, perhaps the most single pursuit 
of this warrior, of this soldier in Ephesians 6, which is us, perhaps the most single pursuit that God has given us, and perhaps the most single pursuit of God is to live in peace. That is the single pursuit of our military and our first responders is to protect the peace of our neighborhoods and our nation. That is the, that, that, that's, that's the reason they are there. And this is the reason why God has given us this picture of us in the earth is His pursuit of peace, to live in peace. God wants to live in peace with mankind on the earth and also in eternity. This is God's hope. As I said, perhaps it's His single most important pursuit. God has ultimately aimed everything that He has done everything that he is doing, and everything that he will do at trying to achieve peace with mankind. Isn't that interesting? Uh, his end result, of course, is to live in peace with people throughout eternity. And he is going to. The only question is, will you be there? <laughs> will you? He's going to have peace in eternity. Will you? People who choose to not accept the gospel of peace, which was made possible by Jesus, the Prince of Peace, okay? uh, people who choose not to accept peace will one day simply not live at all. Now, that's some harsh reality, but that is the reality. People who choose to not live in peace with God will one day not live at all. My goodness, that is, that's amazing, isn't it? This approach, as I said, may seem harsh to some human ways of thinking, but not to God. God is unwilling to allow people to destroy peace for eternity. He is unwilling to allow you or me or anyone else to destroy the peace of his eternal kingdom. He has put up with unruly and ungodly uh, uh, you know, uh, for a long time. But the Bible says he won't always put up with it. Oh, this is good preaching. I'm kind of getting to you and this subject at a little different angle tonight, hoping to disarm you so that you can agree with these rather giant steps that we will make tonight. Because in Genesis, the sixth chapter, verse 3, God says he will not always strive with man. He's going to limit their number of days because he's not going to put up with this forever. And so uh, let me just make this statement to you. God has decided that God is not going to live the rest of his life like this. <laughs> Boy, I thought that was a good thing whenever today I came up with that. Uh, you know, uh, of course, I didn't come up with it. It was the Holy Spirit as I was meditating on it. I just, I just you know, God has decided that he's not going to live the rest of his life like this. Amazing. Certainly God is patient and he, you know, God does not just swoop down on an individual or a nation or a generation uh, and, and take some undeserved swipe at them. The patterns of God which are very purposeful, which are very consistent, which are very predictable. The, the, the patterns of God's purpose and process can be seen throughout the whole Bible. And, and uh, you know, Proverbs 26 tells us that the curse will not come to 
uh, an, an individual, a nation, or a people without a cause. God has provided a way to live in peace with Him through Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. And God is determined to have peace at all cost. Acceptance, by the way, of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only way to obtain this peace with God. We cannot obtain peace in any other way except through accepting the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is one of the reasons why God wants our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of Jesus Christ because God is wanting peace, the gospel of peace. This is what the gospel is, peace with God. This is what the gospel teaches. You can have peace with God. And it's aimed first at peace with God. But once we achieve peace with God through Jesus Christ, and once we begin to adhere to the gospel of Jesus Christ, we become peacemakers. We have peace with God, and we have peace with every other person that has peace with God. But when someone does not have peace with God, whether it is a neighbor or a nation, you will end up not having peace with one another. There is no other way to peace except through Christ. The list of the armor of God, which we are encouraged to put on every day out of Ephesians 6, as I said, it clearly paints a picture of a soldier that is prepared for war. Why associate peace with an image of war well throughout the scriptures from genesis to revelation god demonstrates demonstrates the links that he will go to in order for him and his family to live in peace he will go to some extreme links you see peace with god comes from being right with god we cannot have peace with god if we are not right with god Peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit that grows in a life that is submitted to God. And when we do not submit our lives to God, we will find that there is some element of conviction in our life by the Holy Spirit that withholds peace until we move our lives into agreement with God's will. Our struggle for peace is often a struggle between two opposing forces that live within us. This carnal nature that we were born into this world with and this nature that we receive when we are born again. This new creation in Christ. We often do and say and think and feel what we want instead of doing and thinking and saying and feeling what God wants. Uh, you know, when we do what we want only, many times it is destructive to our relationship with others and our relationship with God. Whenever we do what God wants, it is a blessing to others and a blessing to God. Peace, by the way, is not agreeing with everything someone else says, of course, unless their name is Jehovah. <laughs> if their name is Jehovah, then yeah, you know, uh, then yes. Uh, peace is agreeing with him but the peace that we must first pursue of course is peace with God not with man when we have peace with God we will live in peace with everyone else who has peace with God 
And just because someone says they have peace with God does not mean they do. Please listen to me. It's, it's, it's a critical step to realize that, you know, God does not peacefully, it doesn't mean he doesn't love people, it doesn't mean that, that they don't have some measure of blessings, it doesn't mean that they're, that, that they're not going to heaven when they die. God's going to fix the things with his children. When we see Christ, we shall be changed to be like him. But not every person on the earth is born again. Not every person on the earth will get a chance for that relationship they have with Christ, that born-again experience to change them for eternity. But just because someone says they are right with God does not mean that they are. God does not peacefully coexist with people who are filled with lust, driven by greed, hungry for power, motivated by personal gain, practicing deception, intending harm, causing pain, discarding truth, or living in sin. Those who practice ungodliness without having a conscious conviction are reprobate, not righteous. Just because you feel good about what you're doing does not make it right. Just because you are absent of a conviction of the Holy Spirit does not make you right. It could make you reprobate. It could mean that you have failed, as Romans 1 says, to adhere and to accept and to practice what God has said to the point to where you no longer feel the conviction of God. You no longer think it's wrong, feel it's wrong. So people who are motivated and who live in sin, they may not be right with God. They may be reprobate, and the only way to know that is are you living the gospel of Jesus Christ according to the word of God? Having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace means that we are prepared for war should peace demand it. Let me say that again because this is a springboard into our next thought. And all, by the way, this comes out of Ephesians, okay? And out of the whole Word of God, out of Deuteronomy, where Jesus quoted from most of the time. Having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace means that we are prepared for war should peace demand it. And we must be willing and prepared to fight for peace. I know that can seem like an oxymoron, but it is not. We must be willing and we must be prepared to fight for peace. This is seen not only in the scriptures but all throughout history. What would have happened if the allies had have been unwilling or unprepared to go to war with Adolf Hitler and the Nazi regime? What would have happened during World War II? Well, I dare say the results of us not having been willing to go to war to preserve peace would have looked like uh, today we would be living under you know, tyrannical dictatorship with our children more subject to the state's wishes than to the wishes of their parents. Your sons, your daughters would be taken from you without permission or recourse. And as happened during the 1940s, 
young teenage girls would be placed in dormitories and subjected to involuntary sex with those who were deemed to be the smartest, the strongest, the brightest, the blondest Aryan-type males in order to raise a super race of superior warriors for the Fuhrer and his vision for the future. I say, that sounds, whoa. Look, it wouldn't stop there. All sorts of other people would be enslaved and relegated to a workforce and often disallowed to reproduce at all. And if flaws in mental or physical acuities were found in your life, you would most likely be simply euthanized. I'm not talking in some hypothetical sci-fi futuristic sense. I'm telling you what happened in the 1940s in the world that we live in that my parents, your parents, your grandparents, some of you lived through. And don't think it was not coming across the ocean. It was well on its way, and it would have only grown worse. Peace with God. I'm, you know, there can be no lasting peace without Jesus. And Jesus just does not do things like that. And it took the United States of America in the 1940s, 1930s, late 30s and 40s, a long time to wake up to the fact that this was coming our way and that it was not going to be good. Peace with God demands a person is right with Him. And when there is no peace with God, there can be no peace between neighbors and nations. No lasting peace, not for very long. We have been armed with the gospel of peace. The gospel will not always be popular. And the gospel will not always be accepted in society when society is absent from the righteousness of God. Whenever leaders of a nation, as the Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, but sin is a reproach to any people. We must, as a people, understand the mandate that God has given us to put on the armor of God and to be prepared with the gospel of peace, armed with the word of God, and in constant communication with heaven. The gospel message of Jesus Christ, God's Son, must be preached into all the world for a witness before the end can come. And there are many places today that it will cost to go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we are not watchful, America will become one of those places. It's happened in our schools. It's happened in our courthouses. It's happened in many other sacred places to our American society in just the last few decades. And don't think that it will get better without us willing 
to stand up against it. We can ill afford to lose our freedom or disregard our mandate to be a light shining in darkness. And lest you forget, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against the evil forces of darkness, demons, devils, principalities, and powers who certainly use people and cannot manifest their agenda without finding someone to work with them. And those people need to be born again. Those people need to be prayed for. But their tyrannical desires cannot lead us to a place to where we lose our freedom, our willingness, our commitment to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and its truth from a loving heart, from a caring perspective, not from a vindictive and hateful and arrogant and critical and judgmental heart. It is so important for us to remember you know, that our war is with the devil, not with people. There's no doubt that Adolf Hitler and many others throughout history were possessed by the devil and uh, were used strategically for his purposes, working against God, set on destroying God's will and, and the ability of God's children to resist. This has happened throughout history. You know, it, it, it doesn't take us very long to go back in history or even to look at our modern-day situation. You know, uh, I, 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 I want to remind you, six million Jews were slaughtered just a few decades ago. The Holocaust is a reality, and no revisionist history is going to change that. It is not a narrative that the zeitgeist can reorder. The tenor of the times, the, 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 the prophets, the, the, the authors, the historians of the day. Just because it may become a popular view does not make it a truthful view. Thank God for those who refuse to stand by, idle and uninvolved. This pursuit of peace demands that we put on our armor. And we are not pursuing war. We are pursuing peace. But we must be prepared for war because peace is not what your enemy wants. Peace is never what the enemies of the cross desire. They desire to bring confusion and division and hatred and anger and wrath. They desire to tear our families apart, tear our churches apart, tear our communities apart. And they are so inept at their stealthiness that they even write these things in their agendas. And when you see it written somewhere that our goal is to tear the family apart, believe it. And when they're popularized and remove that from their, their website, <laughs> don't think for a moment they removed it from their intent. Those who want to defund the police still want to defund the police. 
the tragedy that just happened in New York City. Now everybody is on the bandwagon because now they have some heroes they can prate around for a little while. Don't think for one moment the devil has changed his mind. He's just changed his tactics. And he's trying his best to control the narratives so more people will sign on to his agenda. Well, I don't want to wax political because we don't wrestle against political parties. We wrestle against demons. Uh, today, God is speaking to us, not just here, but all over the world. Open your ears. This is what the Spirit is saying to the church. Not just here, but this is the message of the hour. He's encouraging us to put on the whole armor of God and to be armed with the word of God and with prayer so that we might be able to stand against the methods the devil will use against us. Those include deceptions. Those include uh, 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 you know, bullying and intimidating and, 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 and uh, you know, creating a system whereby it looks like you're the wrong one if you take a Bible to school, if you mention Jesus in some political environment. It makes it look like you are the wrong one. You will face shame. You will face social distancing. You will face someone telling you you can't do that. It's against the law. You need to be prepared for war. Not aggression, but prepared for the war that will come against you as your feet are shod with the preparation of God's single most important pursuit. He wants to live in peace with mankind and he cannot do it unless people accept the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's called us to be that light. It's a light of joy. It's a light of peace. It's a light of patience. It's a light of love. It's a light of, of humility. It's a light of self-control. And it's a light that shines on the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's a responsibility that's come upon us who are soldiers of the cross. So I challenge you to put a smile on your face and put joy in your heart and keep Jesus in your conversation. Keep his love at the forefront of your hope for mankind. And realize that God's single pursuit is to live in peace with mankind for eternity. And everyone who will accept Jesus Christ will do just that. Amen. Don't let this world or the threat, intimidation of war coming against you keep you from being a soldier of the cross. Hey, thanks again for joining us for another powerful message from Pastor Ron Hemmons. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.